know, it really it really is the most wonderful time of the year. Thanks for tuning in to The Brian Oak Show, episode 9, 10, 24. I've lost track. At some point, we're just going to start calling them by 10? Really? Episode 10? It's episode 10. Huh. Well, my name is Brian Oak. That is... Um, Sean, what's his name? Sean Bernard, who is both my business partner and producer for tonight's show. And here we are in the Smart Start MN Studios. You know what? Let's take care of that right away before we talk about how beautiful a time of year this is, Uh, especially since I shoveled earlier today and then right away was able to shovel an hour and a half later because... At least this is light snow and not heart attack snow, but we are in the Smart Start MN Studios. want to thank Smart Start, the primary sponsor of the Brian Oak Show and the first early adopter. So what do they do? They put ignition interlock in your car. What is that? It's essentially a breathalyzer because if you screw up and you get a Dewey, DUI, driving under the influence, et cetera, et cetera, which I hope you never do, but if you do, they can get you back on the road. And for a very affordable rate, they're Minnesota's original ignition interlock company and their local guys ed and mike are great guys as well it's more affordable than you think it is and guess what after all the drama of a dewey you need to be in your car you still have to go to work you still have to get your kids to javelin lessons (laughs) (laughs) or whatever that was uh, right off the top of the old noggin wasn't it sure i mean look here I, I've met kids who are like, oh, no, we're on our way to, and I thought, like, not Taekwondo, not karate, yeah. but they're like, they give me, they, they they drop something deep on me, like, we what, you don't know about Bruce Lee? I'm like, well, <laughs> settle down. All right, so you're not a ninja, okay? I know that you're working on it. I, that's a great yellow belt you have right there, but you still have to get your kids to things. You still have to do a lot of important things. My kid is only in that for defensive purposes, Brian. I don't believe you. Just for defense. No, you're an aggressive guy. In any event. The people at Smart Start MN do good work, and they were willing to jump on board before we had show one, which thank you very much to them. And where would I find those guys? You can go to uh, smartstartmn.com, or you can go through our website and go to startsmartmn.com and their logo, and that will send you over to a page where you can get 20% off the already affordable interlock, inter... Ignition, Ignition interlock, interlock system. <laughs> system yes. When I become a more reliable source of technical information than you, that means things are completely unhinged. Welcome to a Friday, less than two weeks in front of the holidays. Speaking of, um, it is just it's less than two weeks away from Christmas, and I I happen to love Christmas, and it's weird. Some years I'm in the holiday spirit right away. Some years I'm not in the holiday spirit right away, but I started to feel it last night. But before I tell you my story, Sean... Are you feeling it? I mean, are you ho, ho, ho? Are you feeling it right now? I am feeling it because I went and hung out with some friends I hadn't seen in three years. And we had a phenomenal uh, night, great connection, end of the night with a nice little meditation. Uh, a friend of us has an illness right now that uh, maybe I shouldn't share, but a uh, very serious illness. And his attitude about it was incredible. He had us ask questions about it. And... Um, end of the night with 10 minutes of meditation and it was spectacular so yes i am in the holiday spirit fantastic i'm glad for you because you know what it's not a great time of year for everybody a lot of people have a hard time this time of year um i was not particularly feeling it uh we're late getting the tree up this year i haven't pulled down any of the christmas boxes from the rafters in the garage and Oh, it sounds like a project, which does not put me in in the mood. That being said, last night, I want to thank the good people from Fulton Brewing, a great local craft brewery who do incredible work in the community, but also unprecedented success. Like they started from literally nothing. They were brewing 10 gallons at a time in someone's garage 
which frankly might not be legal, but they got there in a very short period of time. And what's great about them is the attitude that these people have and the people who work there. I was able to uh, moderate a discussion on the 10th anniversary of Fulton Brewing down at Holodazzle. Holodazzle used to be this giant parade that would go down Nicollet Mall and people would be dressed in lights and it would be crazy and it would be cold and it was like 20 days in December. It was a lot. They're like, yeah, you know what? That's expensive and stupid. Let's just have a little (laughs) village in Loring Park, which is a great idea. Like, so they've got these tents, the trees are all adorned. And last night when I was there, I, you know, I didn't get all the way in the spirit, but I was looking around and there were a bunch of little kids playing in the snow, screaming, laughing, throwing a little snow at each other, but everything was good. And then I like like looked at a couple of couples and they were holding hands and they were wandering through the snow and looking at the lights and it was um it it felt like Christmas. It was really cool. I liked it a lot. Uh, so I just want to hear a couple of uh, songs that are Christmas E. We're going to be hearing a lot more by the way as we move forward in the not too distant future because um. I got a thing for Christmas music. I know we've talked about Halloween music, but man, holiday music. You know, and again. I'm not trying to disrespect any other midwinter celebrations, whether you're a druid or someone who is into Kwanzaa or whatever you're into. Hanukkah. I, I, I don't know those traditions. So for me, it goes deep on Christmas, but I don't really go for a ton of the religious stuff, but I do like some of them. But like just the idea, there's a reason that midwinter celebrations predate any religion that you've ever heard of, because these are the coldest, darkest days in the Northern Hemisphere. Why are you laughing well, at me? I don't know if you saw the onion today. I, I don't think I did. <laughs> what has, do you got? The onion has Jesus coming back. And he's like, really? What's with all the crosses? I have such a bad, bad memory of crosses. It was just fantastic. I'm more than happy to do a show somewhere in the near future about how <laughs> what religion would possibly make their main symbol the way their Messiah was murdered. Exactly. It does not make any sense. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> but you know what? We're not going there tonight. I want you to enjoy the holidays how you enjoy them. I'll enjoy them how I enjoy them. But I do want to hear a little music. And this band right here always thought they were Dutch, and I keep getting it wrong every time. They happen to be Danish, which, by the way, Sean, in case you're not familiar, is different, so don't be an ugly American, okay? Ich bin ein Berliner, right? <sighs> it's hard to talk to you sometimes. <laughs> Here's the Danish duo, the Ravonettes, with the Christmas song on The Brian Oak Show. All the lights are coming on now. How I wish that it was now. I don't feel like going home now. I wish that I could stay. All the trees are on display now. And it's cold. I wish that I could walk. 
20 years ago that the Duluth Trio Low put out this incredible EP called Christmas. Some of the songs, very spiritual and very religious. Some of them, just about the nature of the season. But I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's not super easy to find. I don't know if it's downloadable or streamable. I don't really do a lot of that internet stuff. You do now, damn it. You know, don't forget The Brian Oak Show, now available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and whatever Apple does. What's their thing? I don't know. But those are the three places you can find us. Thank you. Uh, Don't forget to share, listen, subscribe. That being said, Low Christmas, I have it on CD, and I've been looking for the vinyl forever. It's just eight tracks long, but they are... You talk about the great classics, like there's a Johnny Cash Christmas record I listen sure. to every year. There's an Andrew Sisters record. I don't mind the classics, yeah. but there's so much good newer stuff. And Low, even though it's now 20 years old because Grandpa's moving on in years, it's one of the best things ever. And if I'm not mistaken, tonight's guest, Katie Vernon, <laughs> you told me that um, Low is playing tonight. They are at the Fitz tonight doing a Christmas show. Well, and, and uh, yeah, they uh, they are on Spotify. That whole album is on there. Oh, so well, thank you for introducing me to it because I didn't know it and uh, I very much enjoyed it. So I'm not a man of deep faith, but growing up Catholic, <laughs> I do know a lot of the stories. And there's a song on there called Long Way Around the Sea. In fact, it's the second song on the record right after the one we just heard, which opens up the record. And it's about the three wise men going to Herod and then going to find, you know, Jesus in the manger and leaving the gifts. Although I understand they were trying to do the right thing and cultures clash sometimes. But are expensive spices and incenses the right thing to give a baby? <laughs> yeah. One that's laying next to a donkey? I'm kind of worried, wondered about that, yeah. Yeah, well, and so, again, but, you know, who am I? It's a story that goes back a long ways. But that being said, <laughs> even though I'm mocking it, it is one of the most humbling and wonderful songs ever. I'm a huge fan of Alan Sparhawk, his friends, his family, his music. I'm just, I'm a huge fan. But I want to talk about something else. We have a guest in tonight who... Um, 
I have known for, I don't know, I'm guessing roughly three, four, maybe five years on social media. Yeah, you know, I think I was nervous when I hit that, like, friend request. You know, it's such a, because, you know, you you don't, you know, obviously I'm a musician. Yes. So um, I went through a phase of, um, you know, you're, you're nervous to reach out to people because I don't want people to think it's just transactional. Right. And, um, you know, obviously you had a platform, you know, I have a product, but I, I hit that friend request button because I felt on several levels that um, you were a very interesting person that I could relate to. And um, we liked some of the same stuff. Um, we liked some of the same music, some of the same movies. And um, and then also, you know, maybe a little later at night, you know, we got a little deep, a little dark. Well, you, you're not <laughs> someone who's afraid of darkness, and neither am it's I. True. And it's why I accepted. And um, her name is Katie Vernon, and I'm very glad to have her here. Minnesota musician. Clearly, yes. you're from some foreign country. I'm not foreign sure how country. you got through yeah. the border. I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> I but... married an American, so oh, that's how I did it. there we go. Yeah. I'm just joking around. You know that. Well, and his name is Randy. So I do like to say that we had to leave the UK because you cannot live in the UK with that name. It's not unacceptable. It's not okay. And it's not even short for Randolph. His name is Randy. Yeah, no, so, really? Yeah. His, uh, like on the birth certificate, on Randy. On the birth certificate, yeah. Um, so I... <clears throat> Because feeling I, Randy, just a second, feeling right, Randy yeah. is a little different. I don't okay. really want to go there. No, and I understand that I Randy, <laughs> I know you do, Sean, and that's not the show we're doing tonight. We're talking to Katie, all right? Um, I understand that Randy has a different meaning there. Yeah. Um, I didn't know until maybe three or four years ago that the word, and again, I'm not really sure I want to go here, and no, I apologize it, if it's offensive. <laughs> I, I, the word fanny has a very Fanny's, different meaning yeah. there than it does here. Very. And I I remember seeing an old movie one time. I love old movies. Mm-hmm. I, I know more about movies than I do music. Um, it's really been an obsession of mine. And I was watching this, you know, late night old gangster movie, and this guy said, well, why did you kill him? And he was like, because he, he patted my lady on the fanny. And I thought, fair enough. You know, <laughs> I mean, you might want to kill someone for that. I mean, you know, it's an excuse. They're gangsters. So, you know, it doesn't yeah. take much. Well, just, um, I mean, like, the difference between the American interpretation yeah. of fanny and the British or European interpretation right. of fanny. It's very British. I don't w- think, yeah. It's just different sides of the body, different yeah? Different sides. So it would be the front as opposed to the rear. Okay. Well, that's not really what we're here to talk about. But no. I also I also feel like <laughs> there are people who've already learned something important tonight. Yeah. Katie Vernon is a Minnesota musician who clearly yes. hails from England. Before we hear yes. any of your music, I would like to talk about you, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know a lot about England. I don't know a lot about mm-hmm. London. Yeah. But I do... I've watched a lot of Downton Abbey. Is that kind of what it was like for you growing up? Downton Abbey was very much like that. But we do we do laugh in my house because I like to think I would have lived upstairs and my husband, quite rightly, points out that I would have been downstairs. I I'm definitely a downstairs person. I don't believe that at all. But so yeah. anyway, you grew up in London. and um, So we talked, oh, totally posh, and we know this. <laughs> uh, you grew up in London proper. Yes. Like, you grew up yeah. in the big city. And for the people who haven't city. been to London, yeah. I think that there are still Americans. If they've never been to London, they don't realize that it's it's 
a gigantic metropolis. Yeah, it is. And I lived in um, an area called Dollage, Dollage Village, which is very green, a very posh, very lovely. I was going to say, did you hear the posh come out? Yeah, there, it Sean? came out. Yeah, it, Suddenly, it, it comes out a little went bit like this. Yes. And um, but if you are looking and you're you're wondering, you know, well, where is that? Where is that person from? Um, if you look at a London tube map, the Victoria Line. That was my jam. That was my daily commute. Yeah. And um, and so I lived um, just not that far from the very bottom of the Victoria Line, which is a place called Brixton, which as a music aficionado, you might be familiar with David Bowie. And he lived in Brixton. Oh. I've heard of David Bowie. <laughs> I, I have heard He's of David Bowie. He's quite under the radar, but um, you might want to dig into yeah. his discography. Understand a fairly foundational figure Little in bit. British music. Yeah, Little bit. Um, so uh, so he lived there, and there's a huge mural there, which is beautiful. And they put it up um, after he passed away, and um, they actually covered it with um, plexiglass, and they've encased it because... You know, it wouldn't have survived um, at this point, but it's still there. So I always look at that. And I'm about a 10-minute bus ride from there. Let me ask you a question, Uh, only because you brought this up. um, (laughs) I'm sort of adjacent to David Bowie. Not really. I didn't grow up near Brixton like some of the fancy (laughs) people in this room did. Uh, Are you you a Bowie fan at all? Love, love, yeah. Not, you know, not a deep dive on him. I grew up, um, I mean, I was so embarrassingly pop, you know, I grew up on like, Wham. But see, I don't think that's Duran, embarrassing. <laughs> I, I have a belief that you don't get to pick what you love. That's and, true. And I, I like to go deep on like, so to me, that's more the archival stuff. That's more the, right. the searching stuff. But also like I grew up, so when I grew up in the early 80s and late 70s, like the cars and like that, mm-hmm. that kind of new wave stuff for me, right. that's my jam. And, right. and I didn't get to pick that. It's what, right. defi- Charlie Daniels band, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yes, and, and that that was kind of my timing. So really, my my introduction, you know, I was familiar with David Bowie, but he was kind of, yeah, he was going through some stuff. I think he was he was probably up to no good at mm-hmm. that point. But then when he was a part of Live Aid, that brought him back on my radar and made me. Re- and and it might not really have been um, that wasn't the peak. You know, he was ma- he wasn't making really great records in the early eighties. So that was kind of why I didn't pay attention to him. But when he got that crowd singing Heroes, and I mean, just that day in general mm-hmm. was so iconic. And I was out and about, you know, just, I don't even know what I was Wait doing Wait a minute, are you day. telling me you were at Live Aid? I wasn't Aid? there. No, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't but there. But it must have been, it must have been a, <laughs> like a countrywide like event. But it was just like on every TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was like at a friend's house and would pop in and out. And I was like, I want to see, you know, whoever. I wanted to see Madonna. Um, and so, you know, we were popping in and out. And, you know, so I just kind of, you know, sat there in, you know, some friend's living room watching Bowie, watching Queen, and just kind of realizing, like, this is an amazing day. This is really incredible. Um, So after that, I was a fan. I mean, obviously. I've been a fan of British Invasion for so long, and I love so much of it. I'm going to ask you one quick question about Madonna before we talk more about Katie (laughs) Vernon's music. Are you more borderline or like a prayer? And there's no wrong answer. Like a prayer. And there is a wrong answer if you don't say like a prayer. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I, it, Borderline's great. That'll great do song. it for the Brian Oak Show. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for tuning in. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, you know, like a prayer. Um, and, and, you know. That's the masterpiece. What it means to borderline me. Borderline on the debut album jam. you put yeah. out. Oh, yeah. my God. Total jam. But I will say that um, for a songwriter in me, you know, which is what I am, um, when I heard Like a Prayer, the whole album, not just that song, but the whole album really made me realize that you could talk about your 
you know, biography in songs. You know, you could sing about your fractured relationship with your father and make it about religion. You could talk about, you know, missing your your dead mother. I mean, it was just like, wow, this is not only, you know, some of the, the best music that I'm hearing, but it's about real stuff. And uh, it was kind of a life changer for me, actually. <laughs> Katie Verdon is on The Brian Oak Show, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to hear your music. We're going to hear another one of your suggestions. Because this is the second time in three days that someone told me Like a Prayer is better than Borderline. Is it okay with you if we hear Like a Prayer? Absolutely. Here's Like a Prayer, Brian Oak Show.
It is actually the title track from her fourth album, which blows my mind. For some reason, I thought that was like the second, maybe third album, the fourth album. But we played it because I like tonight's guest. Her name is Katie Vernon. (laughs) And um, I said borderline. She's like, F you, Brian. <laughs> like I a like prayer. Borderline. Um, I understand. You know, I will say it has become like the singing around the campfire cool guys song. To borderline? Do. Yeah. Because, what do you mean cool guys? Like because, guys like me? No, I don't know. I've never been around a campfire with you. But um, it's kind of become the like, are you going to recognize this song that I'm going to do in a very acoustic way? And then it gets to the chorus and everyone's like, oh, he's. He's playing borderline. That's pretty cool. Suddenly, I feel like a piece of crap. Sorry. Oh, that's I'm okay. So no, sorry. no, no, Katie. I, I'm it's not blaming like you. It's become like the go-to. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's I don't a, go it's to a, a lot guy of, jam. I don't go to a lot of campfire <laughs> sing-alongs. Apparently, well, not well, enough of them. I play the ukulele, so I'm, I'm sure I go to more than most people do. But um, no, I that borderline's great. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's very nice of you. Um, I don't believe you. Hey, Sean. Yes. Uh, you and Katie said something very interesting as we were coming out of that song. You were both bonding over like a prayer because you're both younger than I am. And you shared a story about going to see Madonna and the opening band was, I'm sorry, who? The Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. What? And yeah. I was blown away. The girl that brought me was not blown away, but I was going <laughs> crazy. No, for I this think band. It, I think it was a really you know hard sell for for most Madonna fans. But um, yeah, I mean, I know she took them to the UK too. So I mean, you know, it must have worked out because I heard about it. I was too young; I couldn't go. But um, my brother was kind of like, huh. Maybe she's okay. Do you guys he was touring with them. remember when Jimi Hendrix opened for the Monkees? Now again, that was before <laughs> I was born, but that actually happened. That is really? insane. That's it didn't amazing. last long because Jimi Hendrix is Love. like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm out of here. <laughs> I, I got bigger fish to fry than this. But That's that was awesome. that was like a six or seven date thing. Wow. Which you don't even need to do. Um, Oh, no, we're not going to do that. We're not. It's, it's Christmas time. We're not playing that Beastie Boys song. The very first Beastie Boys song I ever heard was a song called Cookie Puss. But I don't feel like tonight's the night to play that song. So let's go ahead and move Hi. beyond that. We're talking to <laughs> Katie Vernon right now, Minnesota musician, obviously yes. London born and yes. bred. Yes. And, you know, I don't want to dig too deep, but we've talked, you know, a big part of your story and what's informed your music and who you are. And I mean, it's like all of us, our lives inform who we are, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't always been easy. You lost your mom early on. Yeah. When I was 12. Um, So she got sick when I was nine. Um, And, you know, I remember thinking like, you know, I... I kept kind of preparing myself for the worst, but obviously hoping for the best. And but how, do you was, do, how do you prepare yourself for the worst? You know, I would sit in my bedroom and I'd listen to sad songs and I'd think, how would I live if the worst happened? Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, I know now as an adult that that was actually just a coping mechanism. Um, for many years, I thought, oh, no, I made it happen. You know, there I am singing along to, you know, uh, Annie soundtracks and, uh, you know, feeling sorry for myself but um she didn't get better you know she she had a couple of years um she she was in remission for a while she had lymphoma and um when i was 12 she she lost her battle with it so um when yeah you, it was if tough. you don't mind my asking when mm-hmm. you talk about it was just a coping me- mechanism whether we're going through a rough patch mm-hmm. loss of someone we love catastrophic whatever i mean 
coping mechanisms, whether it's music, listening mm-hmm. to sad songs, whatever the case may be, a good book you like to read, a friend you want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would call it just a coping mechanism. <laughs> don't we all employ those mm-hmm. all the time? Yeah, we do. And, you know, I mean, not to jump ahead too much, but, you know, a coping mechanism for me became drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And um, that started very young. I mean, you know, I my mom died when I was 12. My dad died, sadly, five years later. So by the time I was 17, I didn't have either parent. And I was still living at home. I mean, I didn't have any other home, you know. So during that time, I mean, between the ages of 12 and, you know, probably 15 was kind of my lowest point. I was numbing myself with drugs and alcohol just to kind of get through the day. Being that age Mm -hmm. to begin with sucks out loud. It does. I have a 21-year-old daughter. And, um, you know, I mean, for me, I don't know. Maybe I lived in oblivion. Maybe I was just really, really into Dungeons and Dragons. And I had some. (laughs) That was my coping mechanism for a whatever else life. But those those days are so tough. And the things that you went through are ridiculous. I want to talk more about that. I want to talk more about your musical journey. Mm -hmm. But I'd really like to hear your first song, this one right here, because we played Like a Prayer, which you said is not entirely disassociated from the song we're going to hear but this song also has a wild attachment to mm-hmm. your mom yeah yeah absolutely so um what well, was interesting you played like a prayer because um that was a really formative time in my life it actually came out the year i lost my dad so i spent many nights singing along you know to that uh weeping along to that album but um i wanted to write a song that was a tribute to my mom um but more than just being a song about her because i've written a lot of songs about her and you know i kind of bore myself sometimes thinking write another song but um i wanted to write a song that was a tribute not only to her but to all the women in my family that i mostly never met i mean it's kind of a sad state of affairs but you know every woman in my extended family Um, passed away um, of cancer but I have one female cousin who I reconnected with and she um, and I met up a couple of years ago and she showed me around Wales and kind of all the places where my mom grew up and where she lived where she was happy where you know we had all these kind of amazing memories that she was able to share with me and I thought I want to write about this you know I did come from somewhere I was someone's daughter Um, just because I don't have them in my life doesn't mean I'm not that person and that I don't have that history. So um, I wanted to make, you know, kind of a tribute, and I thought I should have a choir on this song, Um, much like, you know, like a prayer. Um, And uh, so I employed the um, Prairie Fire Lady Choir to really be the voices of these female ancestors. And I've heard the strings on this song. Who do the strings? Gorgeous strings, the Laurel Strings Quartet. So I really kind of threw everything in the kitchen sink at this song, and then... Um, the additional, just amazingly special thing that I can't believe we even got in there was for 30 odd years, I knew there might be a recording of my mother talking on a British um, news show. She was a guest um, on a show called Panorama. And um, through the internet, I was able to track it down and actually get that audio. And I hadn't heard her voice in over 30 years. Now, so she, uh, just a little bit about that story yeah. before we get into the song. <laughs> she was on this show Panora- Panorama <laughs> yeah. because she was suffering from a fatal illness and they were yeah. talking to people who were going through similar experiences. Well, actually, the the illness, you know, she lived with her illness for three years. Um, and um, the actual subject matter of the show was um, parents who are caretakers of children with extreme disabilities and my oldest brother is um, he's still alive Um, his name is Peter and he has very severe um, cerebral palsy and some additional 
um, medical issues. And so she was full-time caretaking him, even when she was sick. You know, that was her role. So she went on, actually, as an advocate and as a parent who was um, dealing with that. And um, so, yeah, it was um, it was amazing. I tracked them down, and they sent me the audio, and uh, we, we kind of chopped up. My producer, Kevin Bowe, chopped up some snippets and, and put them into the song. So it really is just a love letter to the female line in my in the vernon family sean it's uh, both the holiday season and also kind of a universal the next time i bitch about anything will you play the last minute and a half of that audio back to me and maybe give me like just one sharp slap across the face <laughs> i promise i will do that <laughs> he's me, like looking for reasons now my yes, big <laughs> katie vernon will you please tell me the name of the song again yes it's called somebody's daughter's daughter Like I've always been so lonely But my head and heart were full
Katie Vernon, tell me the name of that song again. Somebody's Daughter's Daughter. So not only huge and anthemic, choir-backed <laughs> strings, yes. filled with the importance and richness of family yeah. and history, but also just a really good song. Thank you. Yeah, and it, you know, and it was funny because it was it was written just on a humble little ukulele, and you know, I I knew um, I had the chords and I had the melody. I knew it needed to be big. It needed to be bigger than I could just perform by myself. So I actually don't sing it live that often. Right. Um, for the CD release, I had the choir. I had the strings. You know, it was really a moment, and that was what I was kind of aiming for. I wish I could have the resources to tour, you know, with all that stuff and, and play the songs how I hear them. But, you know, usually you don't, so. Fingers crossed. And yeah. we are going to talk more about the ukulele coming up because <laughs> I have a few things to ask you on the nice. ukulele front. But before right. we talk to Katie Verdon anymore, I do want to thank the good people at Great River Radon Mitigation. You can text our friend Lori at 612-701-2216. Why would you do that? Well, radon is this thing that happens. It's actually a no gas, which sounds like a wonderful thing, like, well, perhaps we should go bring it a present. Noble. Yes, but it's not. It is a noble gas that gets trapped in certain areas. And here in the upper Midwest, we have a lot of it. When it breaks down, it puts radon in the form of particles into your space. And what does that do? Well, it's the number one cause of lung cancer outside of smoking. So you don't want that in your house. Now, so a lot of people only check when they first get into their house or when they're selling a house. It's worth checking because it's reasonably rated as far as like how much it costs to get it done. Check it. Then if you have to get the radon mitigated, yes, of course, that's going to cost more money. But better to know that there's not... I don't know, radioactivity in your house than to have it in your house? Does that seem fair, Sean? It seems very fair. And their price is really good if you text uh, Larry rather than calling. You can call as well, but if you text them, they'll give you the special. Exactly. Just for 100 bucks, and it's normally 50% more. If you mention the Brian Oak Show, when you text them, they will give you a special deal, which is really cool. I've known Laurie for a while. So again, you can text Laurie at 612-701-2216, or you can call the main office if you don't care about discounts and savings, it's like you never heard of Kohl's cash. 612-701-2215. I got to be honest, my wife, uh, around this time of year, I mean, she's always a discount shopper. Um, her excitement with the presence of a Macy's gift card or not a discount card or Kohl's cash. Like she actually starts to kind of hop around the room like a small rodent that is excited to go shopping. Ooh, wow. I think you just got wow. crossed off the list. Yes. She can save a lot of money not buying you any gifts. Like a small rodent. What do I I meant like, okay, I know rabbits, are, I, rodent. I, I know okay. rabbits aren't rodents. I meant like, mm. like a little a cute bunny with a bonnet and a basket who good can't save. wait to go shopping. Nice. Okay, that was a good rescue. Is that better? That's, yeah, that was wow. a good, good I, comeback. I'm a big Beatrix Potter guy and Aww, I always have been. Huge. Mrs. Tiggy Winkles. So cute. Before we talk anymore, <laughs> that's her alter ego voice. By the way, we've learned today. Oh, I've liked it, but it's got like an American tinge it to does, it. Does where yeah. I'm sure that she's not actually being complimentary, no. but that's fine. Uh-oh. That's Nasally fine. Americans. Yeah, no, that's cool. You got what's that guy's name? Boris. What's oh, uh, let's not. Let's shall we not? not go down that road? You're right. It's, it's just Christmas. So let's sad. not. Let's not. Let's not. You're right. It's let's it, not. It's, it's been a dark day. Yeah. Uh, it's also been a dark day here in America. It I has. know you've been here and it's been, mm. and by a dark day, I mean. Yeah. Anyway, we'll Couple talk about them at the time. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Katie Vernon is our guest this evening. And um, so you um, have had, I feel like it's damning it with faint praise to calling it an interesting journey. But I want to yes. talk about more of the musical aspect mm-hmm. of what your life yeah. has taken on. When's the first time, not that you thought about music, when's the first time you picked up an instrument and was like, I'd like to play this? Mm, yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it because I took piano lessons and guitar lessons when I was a child. My mum used to actually, my brother was quite good at the piano. And so she would, when friends came over, they'd have a few gin and tonics and uh, she'd ask my brother to play piano and she would ask me to sing. And her like song choice that we would always, like without fail, have to play was House of the Rising Sun. Oh and I would have to sing it. And I kind of don't like that song. Yeah. Whoa, but whoa, whoa. It was whoa. weird. For, like I a know, little I know seven year old. I know girl. it's about a prostitute in New Orleans. And I didn't know that. Yeah, no, but of course there not. I was, you know, singing it. But um, she had a weird sense of humor. So that she was probably fully aware of what that was. <laughs> um, anyway, many years went by. Yeah. And uh, I was always making up songs. You know, I would just, you know, I was kind of that annoying kid in the back of the car that would just but you're always singing. sing. Were you playing at this point? It would, no, had you picked just up singing. an instrument yet? All just right, singing. All right, all right. Um, and not practicing the guitar or the. Or the um piano well practicing sucks let's practicing be honest sucks. totally like, sucks i hated it yeah and so i just didn't you know and then you know um silver lining of not having any parents like you don't have to do any of that stuff <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> okay got dark but anyway um so as an adult happy holidays happy holidays um yeah well you know so so I always sang, I always wrote, and uh, and I kind of in my early twenties I strummed a few chords on the on the guitar, basically just to then tell other people this is how the song sounds, and they'd ask what key it's in, and I'm like, I don't know, look at what I'm doing, you know, and it would always be in C or G anyway, because that was all I could play. So um, so then I was in a band in my twenties, and then what was the band called? The name of the band was the Camdens. Can I like oh like the the I neighborhood you, in East London? Yeah, like Shoreditch. Yeah. yeah, well, we were named that funnily enough before I even auditioned for the band because there was another British guy in the band. So there was a British guy. He put an ad in City Pages, and then I answered the ad, and I became you know part of the band. Before we go any further forward, <laughs> will you tell me how you got to Minnesota briefly? Yes, br- very briefly. I met an American. His name was and still is Randy, yeah. <laughs> which meant we had to leave the country. We got to get out of here right now. We have to get out <laughs> like of if here. If your name was Fanny, you can't live in, you can't <laughs> you live can't, in London. You got to leave. Right, Unless go. you're in Victorian London and then it was a name. But no, Randy, <laughs> you got to go. So he was in the military. He was in the Air Force. He was traveling around with, with his brother and a friend. I was traveling around on trains. We did the whole like Euro rail, you know, you buy one ticket, you go everywhere and um, so that's how we met. And then basically, and I was only 19. Yeah. So basically within two years, we were kind of long distance dating. He came back to Iowa. He's from Iowa. And um, we kind of thought, well, do we get married or do we break up? You know, I mean, those are kind of your choices well, at that point. Well, yes and no. I mean, like <laughs> it, 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 when I when I hear like people who are like, look, either we're getting married or we're breaking up. Mm-hmm. I always feel like. That seems like a terrible reason to get married. Right. Well, you know, if I had lived in White Bear Lake at the time, that wouldn't have been a conversation. Gotcha. But I lived across the ocean. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, what do you do? So you either, you know, you have to go through a lot of legal, you know, mumbo jumbo 
to make that happen. So, even, even more now. Even more now. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. kind of craziness. And it cost a lot of money. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I took the plunge. Um, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of family in the UK, a um, couple of siblings. But, you know, I really felt like this is my chance to choose my family. You know, and it, and it was funny because I was very young. I was 21. And, you know, some people um, probably, you know, wouldn't have thought that, you know, leaving your country and getting married is the smartest thing to do. But I had been through a lot at that point and I wasn't in control of any of that. And so I thought, you know, I'm in control of this. He makes me happy. I don't really have a sense of home. You know, I have a few places I kind of live, but I didn't have a home. And so I felt like I'm going to choose him. He's going to be my family. Does Minnesota feel like home now? It does. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I have a couple of kids. I mean, my whole life is here. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't become a citizen until 08. Um, so for the longest time, I, I was still a British citizen. Um, and now I have two passports. So I feel like Jason Bourne. Oh. <laughs> or I should say 007. I feel um, like that. Like whatever that bag is she brought in has <laughs> different contact lenses. Yes. Different yeah. paper. Papers. Papers. <laughs> Her name is Katie Vernon. Katie, um, we don't have a ton of time left, so I have, yeah. I have two important questions for yes. you. I want to know, uh, and again, I, I hate to be judgy like this, but unless someone's <laughs> super good and super charming and super wonderful <laughs> at it, the ukulele oh, yeah. makes the red mist form mm. in front of my eyes. <laughs> yeah. But the ukulele is important an important part of what you do. Yeah. When's the first time you touched a ukulele? Yes, I touched a ukulele, and I refuse to call them that because yeah, I'm not please, from Hawaii. Same. But um, no, I yeah, no, it was a huge transition for me because I had always written songs, sung them, you know, but not really taken ownership of them. You know, always had to have someone else to stand up there with me and play. And uh, seeing Lucy Michelle actually play the ukulele made me view it differently. She played a bigger one. You know, she still just sang kind of indie rock. And um, and so it was about nine years ago. I saw her play. I was really in a serious writer's block. I just was absolutely stuck and hadn't written a song for a couple of years. And uh, I went ukulele shopping. I bought my first one at Twin Town. I hope that's okay to say. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, totally. Um, I, my daughter took guitar lessons oh, there nice. forever. Yeah. And, I mean, that that's a staple in Uptown. It really is. Yeah, and, you know, they, they, and they do a great job there. I like those people a Yeah, lot. I do too. I mean, I literally walked in and I said, can you give me the ukulele that Lucy Michelle plays? And I told her that, you know, a few years later. And she's like, okay. Who taught was you kind of weird. There? Um, actually, I taught myself. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I couldn't afford lessons, <laughs> so um, no, I just taught myself. But I do remember um, a very, very brief thing when my daughter was taking guitar lessons there. I'd sometimes sit out in the main area for half yes. an hour and look through the giant uh, bank of books they had there. And there was one, and I remember taking a picture of it and sharing it on social media that said Metallica on ukulele. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And There's a like, Black Sabbath one too. It's over. Yeah, it is yeah. fucking over. It is over. Yeah. But here's the deal: <laughs> I, I can't really ever hang on to any genuine anger against anybody who wants to play any kind of music because yeah. life is short and stupid right. and boring and dull. And if you turn on television, you're watching the yeah. Real Housewives of fucking Tallahassee or wherever. What's going well, on? And, you know, for me, 
<laughs> yeah, right. For me, it was it was a tool that was kind of the opposite tool of what you know a musical way of expressing myself that was the opposite of like dead mother, dead father, drug issues. Right. You know, I wrote all these songs, you know, about alcoholism and depression and grief and all of these really heavy things. And I wrote them on a ukulele. And so people were kind of tapping their toes and I was playing, you know, kind of outdoor festivals and little kids were dancing. And I thought, finally, I don't have to feel like I have a little, you know, kind of gray cloud over me. The music is enjoyable. If you really want to dig deep and actually listen to the lyrics, then there's some pretty dark stuff. But, you know, I'm an optimist. I mean, with my life story, like I wouldn't get out of bed every day if I wasn't an optimist. So singing cheers me up. Um, But I don't want to put a little fake, you know, kind of pretend happy face on. So I wanted to sing about this tough stuff, but I wanted it to be enjoyable. And so for me, the ukulele was the tool that made that happen. I have literally 40 more questions I want to ask you, (laughs) and we don't have that kind of time. Uh, So, unfortunately, but you'll come back, won't you? I'd love to. Okay, fantastic. So, before we get into this next song, I feel like we have to set the base. So, most recently, we are recording in South Minneapolis here at the Smart Start MN Studios. Um, We're just a couple doors down from the parkway. You were here last night? I was here last night. Yeah, it's so funny because I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going right back there. Yeah, I've done three shows there now, um, and they've all been so varied, which gives actually a really good overview of kind of where I'm at. I did my big CD release there um, this year, Pursuit of Hearts, my new record. And then I did a Christmas sing-along there just last night, which was amazing. And then my ABBA uh, band played there just I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, we sang for an hour and everybody danced and went nuts. The Parkway said they'd never seen that happen. And then they showed an ABBA movie. I so thought it was great. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So I, I got a couple important questions. I'm really trying to wrap this up, but you keep making it more interesting. <laughs> There's an ABBA movie? Well, you know, Mama Mia, no, it's terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Never mind. Let's Buried back the lead. it up. Let's back it up to your <laughs> band. Um, you, I, so I thought I knew a lot about you. I, you know, again, we cross paths on social media all the time. You have an ABBA band? I do. Yeah. We started it about three years ago. And the funniest thing was someone was taking a big old dump on ABBA, you know, on uh, social media and saying, you know, they're not rock. Shut up. That's <laughs> true. They might be. And I hate to use hyperbole. Just kidding. I love using mm. hyperbole. They're mm. one of the most perfect pop bands they are. in yeah. Western culture. Yeah. The end. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I grew up singing those songs into my hairbrush. So basically I said, okay, sidebar, you know, everyone's kind of dogging on ABBA. Sidebar, you know, this is really the land of, of cover bands right now. Um, why don't we start an ABBA cover band? Because I'm in. And by the end of that day, by the end of that Facebook thread, we had a band. We had a six-piece band and a wow. show booked by the end of that Facebook rant. And we're called Absolutely Fab. And we play <gasps> all over. Yeah. And we, we've got some shows coming up. We usually play um, kind of out of town at, at theaters and fancy places. But we're playing the Turf Club um, in January. And, uh, yeah, it's a ton of fun. It's amazing. It's my favorite favorite band i've ever done i'm in the uh, out of the industry right now can you get me on the list absolutely of course love that oh i'm so shameless <laughs> sorry about that hey uh why don't we hear some abba we're gonna come yes. back we're gonna hear about your latest record we are going to talk to our last couple sponsors and um we're gonna call it a night i mean like christmas time is here and uh you know, sean oh, go ahead 
You can sing. I love that. I, I always feel like there's never going to be enough to talk about, and the show is always long. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, what what song did you pick from ABBA? I picked SOS. Um, you know, oh. they're all good. They're all good. But so many. This is, you know, my, my other singer in the band is Jenny Russ. And, uh, you know, we, we divide up the songs. We sing together a lot. And, do you do the um, harmonies and the we whole do. bit? Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I loved them. Now I have a whole new level of respect for them because the songs are hard. And that's my favorite thing about the band is that we do it really well. That's the whole bit is people think, not unlike people who think like, oh, comedic acting, that's nothing. Anybody can do that. Might be the hardest form of acting. Pop music, really, really good, transcended pop music is almost impossible. Screw the haters. Here's Abba.
I'm not kidding. I never once have. You know, people talk about guilty pleasures. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Mm -hmm. Do you feel joy Mm -hmm. than everybody else? The double whammy. Yeah. And I can do do it like, I can do it uh, sprinkler style. I can (laughs) do it kung fu style. No, Mm -hmm. you know what? You worry about what you enjoy. I worry about what I enjoy. You don't get to pick what you fall in love with. Yeah. It's literally perfect pop music. It really is, yeah. And the fact that you, here's the other thing, is like when someone's like, uh, like, who, what's the band? Greta Van Fleet, that everyone rips, Mm -hmm. like, says like, Mm -hmm. oh, just Led Zeppelin rip Mm -hmm. off. I'm like, I'd like you and three of your friends <laughs> to try to make yeah. a song sound even vaguely close <laughs> yeah, to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. You and three of your friends. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Let's see it. Let's hear it. Uh, tough it, guy. It doesn't, it doesn't have to. It, go ahead. Uh, go, oh, you're just a really, you sound like garbage. Yeah. Uh, the fact yeah. that Greta Van Fleet can do it. So again, you know, but an ABBA cover band, if you can pull it off. I'm excited. I'm coming in yeah, January. Yeah, it, it's a ton of fun. And, you know, it's um, it's funny because after, like, our second show, you know, my drummer at the time um, kind of turned to me and he went, I know what you're doing with this band, Katie Vernon. And I was like, you do? Because I thought, I, I don't know what I'm doing with this band, but the I love it. The secret was revealed. And, and the secret was, you know, he knew I had recently gotten sober. Uh, it's like three, three years ago now. I'd recently gotten sober. After that, I thought, all my troubles will go away. And of course, they didn't. They hit me like a ton of bricks because I hadn't been dealing with them well, for, uh, you know, several years. Um, and I was newly diagnosed with depression. And um, it was about chasing joy. For me, it was like, I am going to do things that make me feel good. And I always tell people like singing for me feels like a really good workout. Like, I don't know how people feel when they run because I hate running. But, um, <laughs> you know, they always talk about it. And Tough I'm on like, the knees. Tough on the <laughs> yeah, knees. Yeah. But um, I'm like that high, that absolute natural high. And also, you know, as precious as I'm ever going to get about my own music, there is something incredibly magical about singing songs that people cry and sing along to and just love. And when I'm singing ABBA and, and you know, the audience are right there in my pocket, it's amazing. It's so amazing. Katie Vernon, we are going to talk about your most recent music and distance in just a moment here. But first, got to clear up a little bit of business. Uh, the people at AudioQuip. So here we are in the Smart Start MN studios. Uh, I would not say that these are lush studios. I would not say that it's fancy. But we've got our own dedicated place. And what I will say is despite the, again, it's a nice room, but the size is modest. However, the equipment in here. I'm not going to tell anybody where it's at because um, <laughs> AudioQuip has hooked us up. Nate and his entire crew were early adopters. Again, before a single episode was recorded, they're like, no, we're going to hook you up with real pro gear, and we've got amazing pro gear. The audio quality is fantastic. What does AudioQuip do? They hook people up with live gear. You need to go out and do a show. You have a corporate gig. You have anywhere you have to go. You need monitors. You need a mixing board. You need microphones. You need anything. These guys know exactly what they're doing. They are pros. Which is precisely the thing I used to say, like I started saying this a long time ago, like a long time ago. I love working with professionals because when you work with professionals, it allows you to focus on the things you have to get done to do. AudioQuip.com. That is A-U-D-I-O-Q-U-I-P.com. At least check them out. And know this, that if you have other places that you normally go to, these guys are solid. And I'm learning 
in this most recent phase of my life in the last four months, the quality of somebody's character might matter more than a lot of other things. Yes, indeed, though. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> Finally, my name is Brian Oak. And it, yes, exactly. And, and Scrooge was better than his word. Oh, trust me. I, well, there, I'm going to be quoting that, and there will be crying before the holiday season is over. Uh, Sean Bernard is both my business partner, the producer for tonight, and a longtime friend. I've known him for 25 years. And before we wrap up tonight with Katie Vernon, Sean, you work for Edina Realty. I do. I help people buy and sell houses, and uh, feel free to reach out to me if you're looking to buy or sell or know somebody else who is that you think, boy, they'd be a great fit with that Sean Bernard. He'd, he'll make them laugh. He'll make them cry. I probably won't make them cry, but Here's we'll, the deal. we'll have a good time. What I said about audio quip, and I'm not joking, um, I'm kind of at this point in my life where I'm done, and I hope this doesn't ruin the advertisement part of this or hurt anybody's feelings. I'm kind of done dealing with fuck faces. Yes. Um, and I know that seems strong, but it is a podcast. So I'm allowed to say it. Um, and I don't think Sean's a fuck face. No, I'm going to go ahead and buy the bus boards now that say Sean Bernard, not a fuck face. (laughs) Well, it's a little early. Okay. Okay, I I just introduced that. Let's not get crazy about it. But that being said, I'm kind of done interacting with anybody who makes it difficult that makes you feel weird that feeling you get in your gut right where you don't trust it where it's not right the reason i signed on with sean the reason we are doing this together the reason we're working together is because i believe in him so i don't need to sell my house but if that comes up i can call you right you can 612-859-2594 don't forget that with every house bought or sold you get a free membership for two to the warming house a nonprofit. Uh, music venue on 40th and Bryant and South uh, Minneapolis. And I also do a donation to the warming house. So apparently, once again, I'm the jackass in the room. You're, well, you're, the, guy, you're the guy who takes care of people. I'm the jackass. Just holding up the mirror. Ooh. Give me that number one more time, Sean. 612-859-2594. I really wasn't joking, by the way, about dealing with fuck faces. Like, <laughs> I, 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 know, I know that sometimes life requires you to do it, but I'm... My tolerance for it is evaporating rapidly, which is why it's super fun to have Katie Vernon on here. She's been a local musician for a long time, but we've known each other on social media for years and have met before, and I like you better now than I did before we met, um, which is always good. That's a lot better than the alternative. Yeah, well, no. I, I'm sorry I brought up the word fuckface. I know that made me sound <laughs> aggressive. Fine. I apologize that. No, that being no. said, there are two things I want to talk about before we yeah. get out of here tonight. One is your most recent record. Give me your elevator speech My about elevator it. pitch. So it's called Suit of Hearts, and um, it is basically a collection of songs that encapsulate the period in my life where I got sober, got diagnosed with depression, got on meds, started doing sensible things with myself, and also uh, took the biggest risk of my life, which was walking away from a full-time job and going back to the UK for six weeks to tour and make music. Um, I hate the fact that, like, I feel like that's, like, the most impactful thing in your recent (laughs) years. I was trying to do the early stuff. Will you promise me, before we get to the next part, that you will come back and tell that story? I would love to, I'd like to talk about your sobriety. (laughs) I would like to talk about your depression, which, again, I don't want to highlight it, but I feel like it's something that it's still a thing, even though there's greater awareness every day. People aren't talking about enough. And then I'd like to talk about, like, taking that leap, that, that, that leap of faith of, like... 
screw you. I'm yeah. out here. And I mean, it's been amazing because it was very scary. And, um, and you know, now I've done it um, the last three summers. I've toured the UK and I'm getting, you know, some audience over there. And um, I've seen more of the UK in the past three summers than I saw my entire life living there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's all about kind of risks, but also just um, getting healthy and and kind of um, realizing that, you know, if you can just get through your day, um, you know, being kind and, and being lovely to the people in your life and, and kind of getting that back from them, then that's a good day. You know, you don't have to achieve really anything other than that. <sighs> good, because that means I'm doing just fine. <laughs> that's good. Uh, Pace last yourself. Thing, last <laughs> One step at a time, right? Exactly. Uh, and before we go, tell me about Dissonance. Yeah, so Dissonance is an organization. We actually meet every month at the Warming House. Um, it's a great little venue, and they've been a really good partner to us. Um, we have a discussion group there the first Monday of every month, and that is, I like to say it's like AA, but without either of the A's. Like, you can yeah. come as you are. You don't have to be in recovery. You just have to maybe want to step away from your computer yeah. and have some real connection in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and we wanted to, we do a lot of stuff online. So basically, Dissonance is an organization that supports artists that could be anybody in any part of their journey that are either um, in recovery or have any kind of mental health issues and we put on events so the big splashy fun one that we're looking forward to right now is at the parkway just a few doors away from here and um, it is a sober new year's so that's kind of a big risk for a venue to support because they won't have any alcohol sales that night but we're going to have a huge big concert. Haley's headlining. Lydia Liza's playing. We're going to have comedians. It will be an absolute, you know, just concert, fun, hang, every single thing that you could want from a night out um, just without the alcohol. So, that actually you know, sounds brilliant to me because fun, yeah. that to me is amateur night, much like yeah. Valentine's Day or yeah especially St. Patrick's Day, like, go ahead and have some fun. And again, you know, for those of us who drink, great. For those who don't, it's nice that there are more options popping up all the time because because sober people don't have a ton of options. No, and you know what? You don't need to, um, you know, the hardest part for many people, obviously there's physical and there's people give up drinking for so many reasons. So, you know, sometimes there can be a lot of physical stuff that's tough to deal with. But I think, you know, more than anything, it's just, are you going to lose your entire social network of people, um, you know, for whatever reason, even if you're just taking a break or, if you know, you're pregnant or you're on meds, like for any reason in your life, should you feel kind of the other, you know, person, like the weirdo in the room? And it's like, no, you shouldn't. So we're just trying to bring um, sober events to spaces to just normalize it. You know, everyone can have a have a night out without, you know, getting getting wasted. Is it <laughs> is it dissonance.com.org? dot uh, Dissonance uh, dot website. So that's kind of a weird one for you. I know. Dissonance dot website. Is that an, a, um, is that an AOL email address? <laughs> no I'm not idea. sure what that is. <laughs> but um, find us on Facebook. We're really active on Facebook. Just look up Dissonance um, on Twitter. It's it's Dissonance. And um, we do lots of online connecting. So, you know, it's not all just events. It's very much connecting. We've got resources for um, therapists. And, um, you know, I'm I'm obviously an artist in recovery. I'm always happy to talk to people about that. And it's, uh, you know, I'm writing better songs than I ever have sober. So that's kind of the message. You just don't have to suffer for your art. You know, like if you're suffering, that sucks. Maybe you need help. 
And um, and so, you know, that's kind of the message we have. But there's real concrete, actual um, resources that we can connect you with as well. She's Katie Vernon. She has many records out, and she's a great performer. When's the next time someone can see you live? New Year's Eve? Yeah. Um, well, we've got back-to-back ABBA shows New Year's Eve. Whoa, so, um, whoa, 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 yeah. where? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> They're in St. Michael's, so that's kind of random. That's fine. But, um, yeah, we're playing. We sold out New Year's last year, so this year they booked us for the 30th and the 31st. In St. Michael, it's the, uh, they call it like Lay Musique Room. Uh-huh. Anyway, it's, it's in St. Michael Cinema. Um, and then uh, ABBA will be also playing January 3rd at the Turf Club. Brian will be on the guest list for that. Thank you. And then my full band is playing January 11th at the Astor. And my music, you know, obviously you heard a song tonight. It's kind of a folky Americana, um, you know. Uh, I heard... A giant explosive yeah, <laughs> choir with strings. We won't strings. have a choir, yeah. Right. We, we can't fit them in on the What's your address? Um, and yeah, katievernon.com. No, I'm at your home everything. address. Oh, my home address. No, just kidding. I was joking. Yeah. Just weirdo. And it's over. All right, so last thing. Um, yes. It's Katie Vernon, and yes. super nice to meet you. Very nice kind for you, you to be too. by, and I am coming by. Um, I have two things I want to say. <laughs> One is... We are going to have upcoming live events for our Patreon VIPs. Whatever I have to do, uh, if I have to crawl on broken glass, if I have to go door to door, I would like your ABBA band to play at one of our future events. Ooh, yeah, that would be fun. Okay. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, did you hear that? That's never happening. <laughs> no, it's going to happen. That, right? I, I will do it, but um, I will tell you, the ABBA band are a little tricky to pin down, but um, everyone's in different bands. You know, it's like your classic, like, yeah. Twin Cities Me problem. Me too. I'm on a lot of different podcasts, <laughs> Katie. All right. That being said, uh, the last thing is, you are wearing a jacket tonight that yes. on the back has the, if you look at the back of a dollar bill, um, there's the pyramid with the all-seeing eye of Horus on the top of it. It is the symbol of the Illuminati. And the Illuminati, (laughs) I hate to break it to everybody, we're not going to go down that path. The Illuminati's real. You know that, right, Sean? Well... A secret society behind that <laughs> runs everything and has for thousands of years. But I think that your listeners might be able to read between the lines and know that I'm probably wearing it as an homage to Madonna. I made myself a Madonna Desi Seeking Susan jacket. You it's can beautiful. see it on my Instagram. Whoa, it whoa, whoa, whoa. is so fab. In in Desperately Seeking mm-hmm. Susan, does it have mm-hmm. the pyramid with the eye of Horus mm-hmm. on the back? Yeah. If you if, Google it, you'll it, see this exact jacket. I made it out of several unwanted Halloween outfits. <laughs> I'm very handy. <laughs> Katie, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. It very was my nice pleasure. What's so the last, nice to meet you. You too. What's the last song we're going to hear tonight? Oh, yeah. So this is Christmas Wish, and this is my, you know, I'm British, so I'm kind of just naturally a miserable bugger. So, But you're <laughs> also more into Boxing Day than Christmas, right? No, you know, Boxing Day is kind of just a day that you hang out and break all your toys. Will you please it's promise kind of to come back and talk to me about <laughs> depression and recovery yeah. and Boxing Day? Yeah. You promise? It's a deal. All right, tell me about this song. Okay, so this song is about basically the first Christmas I had without my mom. So obviously that's very sad, but I'm hoping that people just kind of realize that um, Christmas time is about the people you love and really nothing material. Getting back to, you know, Charlie Brown, nothing material can replace that. So, you know, my Christmas wish as a child was to be with my mom. That wasn't going to happen. So, you know, this is just kind of a song about celebrating people you love. Thank you, Katie. Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Yeah, you too.
stores are full of shiny and pretty things. Bubbles and bows and chocolate and diamond rings. And all that glitter and gold makes my head spin. But the only stuff that matters ain't a thing. It's never gonna be.